Hello, and welcome to Handheld Zero, the show where we discuss the highs and lows of handheld gaming. My name is Nate, aka Conception2, and we have a great show for you today, but first, some context. If you're wondering what the show is, what we do here, go ahead and head into our audio feed where we have an episode zero posted. This is the raw audio from our live stream announcing the podcast, and it will give you a sense of purpose and what we aim to accomplish with this show. This week, of course, we are going to be discussing Donkey Kong 94 for the original Game Boy. And you might be wondering, why did I pick this game? few different reasons for that. One, this is one of the most revered games of the classic Game Boy catalog. I've looked through many, many lists of, you know, best Game Boy games. And this was one of the most prominent ones that I could find that I had yet to play. So I definitely wanted to get it under my wings here. I also have a love for the classic Donkey Kong arcade game. I play it, you know, on the Switch backwards compatibility features. I've played it on my computer. If I see it in a, a bar or something like that, I see an arcade machine, I definitely want to jump on it. It's one of my favorite arcade games to play, so I definitely wanted to experience this version of it as well. And the third reason, it seemed like a very accessible platformer to me due to its integration of the puzzle elements. I'm famously bad at 2D platformers, so I was a little nervous going into this. But because of its kind of turn to focus on more of a puzzle aspect as opposed to a classic 2D platformer like a Mario that you have to get to the end, it made me a little bit more excited to try a game of this caliber. All right, time now for our first segment, which is Press Start. So let's talk a little bit about the quote-unquote story that goes into this game. I say quote-unquote because there's not really too much to it, so I'm going to make it sound as exciting as I possibly can. We play as Mario as we go through the levels of the original Donkey Kong game. So think of the arcade machine. You know, you go up the three different levels of the construction site. Donkey Kong, of course, has captured Pauline, not Princess Peach, important distinction, and is scaling the rafters of this construction site in order to get away with the princess. This time, however, he recovers and continues to run away with Pauline after you beat the levels of the original game. Mario chases Donkey Kong through location after location, defeating him at every turn. Nonetheless, DK persists, sometimes with the help of Donkey Kong Jr., another arcade game. We travel all over the place, from a big city, to the jungle, to the desert, and we even have a level on an airplane. Finally, we chase Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. to the tower, and I capital T on tower there, where we do boss battle after boss battle leading to the climax where Donkey Kong takes a super mushroom and becomes what I can only refer to as Donkey King Kong, very large version of Donkey Kong. After one last battle, Donkey Kong finally falls and we get a perfectly 90s screen grab right at the end with Mario, Pauline, Donkey Kong, and Donkey Kong Jr. apparently friends now. I guess they came to some sort of restitution. No harm, no foul, I guess. Uh, the game was published and developed by Nintendo obviously, and it was released in North America for the Game Boy on July 22nd, 1994. All right, let's move on to our next segment, Natopedia, where we talk a little bit about the gameplay and the stylistic changes between the previous iteration of Donkey Kong. So as I mentioned before, this is a 2D platformer, but it's not just as simple as it being a 2D platformer. It's a 2D puzzle platformer. 
So we enter the game. The first levels are the vertical moving, obstacle dodging kind of levels that we see in the arcade version. Think going up the uh, girders and beams to Donkey Kong, dodging the barrels, and then we have the elevator sequence, and then we have the sequence where we have to make the platform fall from underneath Donkey Kong, those classic levels. Like we said in the story element, we get through those levels, and then it finally opens up into what the game really is. The rest of the game is not so much a get to the top and try to get to Pauline right before Donkey Kong kicks her way. It's a puzzle-solving situation. The rest of the non-boss levels involve Donkey Kong escaping into a locked door, and Mario has to collect a key located somewhere in the level and bring it to the door in order to move on. These often involve solving puzzles of some kind by pulling levers, using springs for jumping, dodging enemies, things like that. It's not just as simple as, you know, connect the dots or something similar to that. If the key that we are meant to grab in the level is left alone for a certain amount of time past its spawn point, so meaning past the point we pick up the key, it will move back to its spawn point. So you can't just pick it up, throw it over there, hopefully you can grab it in like 30 seconds or so. It's not going to work that way. So once you have the key, you got to be able to solve the puzzle rather quickly. Every fourth level or so, there is a battle stage, for lack of a better term, where Mario either has to scale to the top to rescue Pauline, very much like the gameplay style of the arcade game, obviously with different levels, or a actual boss fight where Mario must take down Donkey Kong with its own barrels, so picking up the barrels that, you know, Donkey Kong throws down, scaling a bunch of platforms till you get to the top, and then throwing said barrel at Donkey Kong. After you complete each of these battle stages, the score from the previous four levels will be tallied and you are rewarded extra lives based on that performance. So if you complete levels fast and get a high score, you're going to get a certain amount of levels across four levels. For example, a vast majority of the time when I was completing every four levels, I would get roughly two to three lives, even sometimes as many as four lives, you know, more in the early game. And that is just based on collecting a few items, which we'll get into in a second, and completing the level as fast as you can. In each non-battle stage, there are also three collectibles that when collected will also give you this extra life. These are just very basic things. If you kind of remember back to the arcade version of Donkey Kong, you'd see things like a little purse or an umbrella, things like that. These are also in these levels. They're not particularly important they just help raise your score and give you access to extra lives if you're continuing to kind of fall down a little bit there are several changes that this game takes on from the original that i thought were really interesting to highlight just so you can kind of see where it has evolved so first mario can now survive a fall from certain distances so before if you were in that first level of donkey kong and you went up a ladder to get to the next beam but then you kind of felt you jumped down to dodge a barrel you would die pretty much instantly but now as long as the height is reasonable distance mario can actually survive it if you still fall a large amount of time like from the top of an elevator to the bottom for example you're still gonna have a death but it's a little bit more lenient now in this game Mario can also withstand hits if he, if he is holding objects. So there's going to be a lot of times in this game you could be either holding a hammer, which we'll get into in a, a few seconds as well, or just holding things like the key or a block in order to move on to the next platform above you. If you're hit while you're holding those things, usually you'll just kind of take a fall down and drop the item, but you won't die. So that's another way to kind of make it a little bit more accessible. Mario can pick up and throw objects at enemies this 
time around. So uh, before, obviously, we're all we're doing is jumping and walking in the original. We now have objects that we can pick up and throw from a distance. In fact, some of the puzzles are solved that way in order to make it a little bit easier for us. So that makes it a very interesting mechanic for a game like this. Mario can also do high flip jumps by switching directions while jumping, and he can flip over onto his hands to catch falling barrels. These are two very interesting mechanics to me. So if you happen to watch a speed run of this game, you're going to notice that things are going to go a lot different than your classic Donkey Kong. For example, in that classic first level where you have to go up the construction beams to get to Donkey Kong and Pauline, you would have to go up, you know, walk up the ladder, go up each level, dodge each barrel, and then just kind of go up in the slant. The speed run does these backwards flips and gets up like two girders at once, and then he gets up to the top like pretty much as fast as you possibly can in seconds. So it makes uh, platforming very interesting. And like I mentioned, Mario will also kind of do this flip where he kind of walks on his hands and then in boss battles or any circumstance in which barrels are going to be present mario can then catch the barrels on his feet as opposed to them hitting the ground or you know entering a bottomless pit or some sort so that makes it very interesting as well finally the hammer makes a return so if you remember back in the original donkey kong as well mario could pick up a hammer in order to smash barrels which is great but if you can never leave a particular platform if you had a hammer because you couldn't jump with it the game makes an interesting change to this and mario can actually throw the hammer straight up so he can throw the hammer up ascend a platform and then catch it on the next platform so you can use the hammer on multiple levels All right, let's talk buffs and nerfs. What works for this game for me and what doesn't work for this game for me? Always, let's start with the positive. Buffs, what works? The individual levels are short yet challenging. There are going to be times in this game, and there are plenty of levels, where you're going to get stuck on a particular level. Luckily, the game sets you up pretty nicely for this by giving you lives at most turns. It also gives you the ability to save, which we'll go into in a little bit as well. Whenever you're able to figure out a puzzle and finally solve it, it feels very rewarding to be able to move on to that next step, especially if you could do it, you know, while collecting items or in a fast regard so you can, your score can increase as well. It's a nice challenge. I, I kind of think of it like if you are in a particularly hard crossword puzzle in the newspaper or something like that, you finally figure out that word that's been stumping you and then you can move on. It feels very much like that. The puzzle component that's included in this game keeps the game fresh at every turn. If this game was a hundred levels of just trying to get to the top to get to Donkey Kong only for him to run away, this game would get very stale and it would not hold up over time like it has. Adding this puzzle element to it and making each level distinct in not only style, but puzzle solving situations makes the game very easy to keep going with. As I've kind of alluded to in the past two points, there is much more content in comparison to other 2D platformers of this time. This game has 101 levels. You could play this game for hours, and you could play this game for hours and probably not finish it because some of these puzzles get a little bit difficult, especially towards the middle and the end of the game. So there is a ton of content to keep you coming back to this game, coming back, coming back. Um, I always love to highlight the music, so it's a nice, excellent chiptune soundtrack, makes you feel like you're in an arcade. Definitely some more unique tunes versus the original, but we do get some nods to the originals as well, so I love hearing that. And the last point I have for buffs, which is always just a really great point for me specifically, is that there is plenty of opportunities to save your game, which I love because I am bad at platformers. So I need opportunities to be able to have a, a progress save point so I don't game over. Like I had mentioned before, 
every fourth level we tally up our score and get a bunch of extra lives which is great to help us continue after those every four levels as well you get a save point which is excellent nerfs what doesn't quite work for me in this game well you might think based on the graphical you know improvements of the time 94 game might feel a little dated it really doesn't the game is really great so i don't have to go into that point for negatives i actually think the graphics hold up pretty well only a couple points here that really that knocked it for me a little bit so as I mentioned, the game has 101 stages. That makes for a very long game with a lot of content, which I highlighted as a positive above. However, even with the puzzle elements, it can start to feel a little tiresome at points. I only say that as somebody who had to sit down and play this game in large blocks as opposed to incrementally over time. Like I said, I started this game and finished it within two weeks, so I needed to make sure I could get it finished. So I ended up playing large chunks at a time. I think if I was able to sit down and kind of take it little bit by little bit over like, you know, a month or two months or something like that, I probably wouldn't have gotten as tired with the formula. But nonetheless, solving a 101 puzzles the same way, which is basically get a key into a door can feel a little bit tiresome. The levels that include collectibles, which are basically the non battle stages, you don't feel much of an incentive to go and grab those collectibles as you can get lives easily after the battle stages every four levels like i mentioned i never really ran into an issue with game overing because i usually had a lot of lives i think in the beginning parts of the game i had upwards of like 30 or 40 lives at one point because the levels were easy enough to solve so i didn't have to worry about saving up my lives and i just never felt the need to collect the items in order for me to feel safe going forward in the game so i just didn't i just tried to beat the levels as fast as i could so making a system where the collectibles are definitely worth more to somebody would be great but again that also could just be a note of me not struggling with it as much as i could have so it kind of is a give and take there All right, let's move right along to our next segment, How Many Carts, where we discuss our final impressions of the game and give the review a score out of five cartridges. Very appropriate for the Game Boy cartridge, you know, classic blocky form there. Final impressions. There isn't much to say that hasn't already been said about Donkey Kong 94. I highlighted above that it's one of the most revered games in the Game Boy collection, and that still holds true today. The game is an underappreciated gem of not only the Game Boy, but puzzle platformers as a whole. It takes the revered original and adds so much content to it that the player wouldn't want to put it down. There's so many puzzles to solve and things to move on to that you just want to keep progressing. With the 101 stages, the formula may get a little tiresome, but it isn't something a small break from the game can't cure. Take a few hours off, take a day off, come back to it. You're going to feel pretty good to try and solve the next puzzles. Speaking of the puzzles, they are intellectually challenging and rewarding. Whenever you solve them, you feel really good about it, and the progression system feels really great. The developments made from the original arcade classic are very welcome as well, making it unique in terms of gameplay, but also unique in terms of platforming. We get to experience some of the classic stages that we might have experienced as kids or those who of us who have played the arcade game in a different format, and it feels very fresh and innovative. This is a game that I'll be happy to pick up time and time again. Hell, maybe even I'll go for a 100% completion at some point and try to get all those collectibles just to give myself a more interesting challenge and another reason to come back to this game. That's how much I enjoyed it. 
So for cartridges, I'm going to give it four and a half cartridges out of five. Four and a half out of five. That is our highest review score yet. And just like that, we are already to our final segment. Game over. Continue. Now, as a little special announcement, just to let you know, next episode that you're going to be listening to in the feed is what we're going to be calling our season finale. So we're going to be doing this podcast in sort of seasons as I've kind of realized that a two-week time frame to pick up a game, beat it, and then write a podcast episode about it is a little bit tight, especially with my schedule. So I want to be able to give myself a little bit of a refresher. So next episode, we will be discussing Super Smash Brothers for the Nintendo 3DS. That is going to be our special season finale it's very relevant in terms of you know super smash is still very prevalent to gamers today and obviously this is a past iteration of it but i wanted to be able to explore a 3ds title as that was a system we have yet to have discussed and i wanted to pick a game that i think would excite the most people and who doesn't love some good super smash brothers if you're not already go ahead and follow me on twitter My Twitter is at Conception with a K, so that is K-O-N-C-E-P-T-I-O-N underscore two, at Conception underscore two. Make sure you get that underscore in there for Twitter. If you would like to see the video version of the podcast, which is kind of a raw and unedited version as opposed to the audio component, you can follow me and subscribe to me on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash conception2, also with a K, but no underscore there. Or you can subscribe to me on YouTube if you search Nate Porteous, that is N-A-T-E space P-O-R-T-E-O-U-S, you'll be able to find me pretty easily. The video of the podcast will be available on Twitch and YouTube pretty much right away. As soon as I end the stream, I highlight it for Twitch so you can always catch the VOD, and then I will move it over to YouTube as soon as I can. If you haven't already, please subscribe and review the podcast and rate it five stars. We're available on several platforms. We at the time of this recording, we should also now be available on Amazon slash Audible podcasts. So We have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Podcasts. Now we have the addition of Amazon. If any platform that you're listening to this on has the ability to give us a rating or a review, please do so. Obviously, the major one would be Apple Podcasts. So if you're listening on a platform that doesn't have a review system, if you're able to go ahead and pop on over to Apple Podcasts just to leave us a five-star review and leave some words about how you feel about the show, that would be wonderful. I am actually going to just pop in and see if we have any other reviews here. We did pick up another rating, so we are still solid at five stars out of five, but we don't have any written reviews. So if you'd like to get your review read on the podcast, go ahead and get that in as soon as you can. As I mentioned before, thank you so much for listening and watching. We will be back in two weeks with our season finale discussing Super Smash Brothers for the Nintendo 3DS. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.